We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins. I am your host for this journey. Today, I am joined by a good friend of mine. His name is Dr. Rich. Sir, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Jarek. It's an honor to be here. I love what you are doing with your podcast. Well, thank you, sir. We're going to dive straight into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? What does the world need more of? Uh, Great question. And there's so many things. Uh, the world can use. Um, You know, one of the things I really try and focus on in my life, it may seem very simple or oversimplified, is just being present, right? Have you ever noticed how many people have difficulty with just being present? It's, It's something that I really focus a lot of my life on and has simplified things immensely for me. And you know, you read things in the news, all the challenges, people are going through their frustrations. A little bit of presence, everyone can take a big deep breath <laughs> and take things in, and it brings out the best in us. So I, I think being present, the answers are always in the present, and it's not easy to do. It's actually pretty difficult to be very present. So... I'm going to go I'm going to go with presence. I mean that's it's changed my life and that's my daily focus is all right, here's what's going on, you know, I'm a facial plastic surgeon. I love helping people look younger and when I am present with my patients, when I'm present with my work and our business is doing really well, I get to teach this to other doctors. When I'm present with these doctors as they're going through their challenges and struggles, the answers are always clear and as a part of their answers, often they are not being present with what needs attention. So the the world will definitely have a lot of healing if we can just be a little more present, look people in the eye, give them a smile, and just just be there for people. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I agree 100% with this one. I love the fact of being present and practicing presence in all that we do. Here's my next question. What would you consider your wow factor to be? What makes you uniquely you and what moments help shape it over the years? So my wow factor. So, so I go, I go by the smile doctor. I love to make people smile and I have committed my life to helping people smile more and I'm pretty good at it. You know, you get good at it after doing it. Uh, for years and years, and it's fun. I do it for selfish reasons. I just like to smile more. So for me, that's my wow factor. That's my job in my office. If I make my patients smile, 
I did a good job. If I make my doctor smile that we're teaching from all across the country, I did a good job. My wife and kids are like, Dad, enough with the smile talk, right? They, they're just sick of hearing it, but they're great smilers. So that's, that's my wow factor. But even one step further, you can actually measure this ability. So I put out the smile score. And when you can measure someone's smile, it gives you tons of insight into their behavior. You can predict their behavior. So for me, I love being the smile doctor. I love making people smile. It's so easy to do. The time we need to smile the most is when we want to smile the least. And so, you know, we wrote a book on it, hit the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, the smile prescription. And that's my job every day. The answers and smiling is actually a very powerful way to be present. So that's my wow factor. I smile as much as I can. And every now and then someone will look at me and say, he's kind of fake. He's just smiling all the time. That's not really realistic. And when they get to know me, one of the highest compliments I've been given is people tell me, they say, you know, Rich, I've learned about you, that you're the real thing. Like that is who you are. You just love to smile and you love to make other people happy. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to do this? So, so that's my, wow, that's what I've dedicated my life to is helping people smile, finding and creating presence through smiling, and you can measure it. I love and it. it developed in me through my family. Hmm. My family, you know, my story, when I was seven, I spent two and a half years of my life in a wheelchair and on crutches because of a hip condition I had. When I was 11, my mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And my parents got divorced. It was very tumultuous. From that point forward, I struggled with depression in college and in high school. And one thing that I found that no matter how low I may have been feeling, if I was spending time around people who were smiling or laughing or having a good time, it would just it would lift me up. It made me feel better, and it made a difference in my life. So that's where it started for me. I was struggling to get through my childhood disability, and it, it allowed me to be captain of my tennis, uh, my high school tennis team, and uh, go on to my other successes, becoming a double board certified facial plastic surgeon, marrying the woman of my dreams, having three kids that drive us crazy every day, but it's never a dull moment in our house. And uh, I've got a 16-year-old daughter, a 13-year-old, and an 11-year-old. So yeah, we're in the thick of it all. And let me tell you, my job at home just to make sure everyone's smiling. So uh, that's that's my wow factor. That's what I've committed my life to. I love it. Have there been any specific smiles over the years that made you feel incredibly humble? Yeah. Um, you know, every single one of them. If you just spend time with people, right? I mean, this goes back to presence. If you allow yourself to just recognize like who you're talking to is, is or was somebody else's child, right? Or the things that they went through to get to where they are, to just be in front of you, right? The amazing potential they have within. If you are present to that, how humbling that is, right? That's so beautiful, but you have to be present to it. So 
I try and be present with that all the time. I'm humbled to be here with you. I was seeing patients this morning in my office, humbled to see them. They were recovering from their procedures. They're telling me, you're an artist. I love it. My friends, they can't tell the difference. They, they think I lost some weight, but they think I look younger, but they don't know I had a procedure done. And I'm humbled to hear their compliments. And so every single time, it does not get old. The, the humility, it's always there just to be present with it. And it just, you know, it's like <laughs> you get those goosebumps. I mean, it's just, it's there. It's a thing. But people are just, they don't tune into it. So, yeah, any, you know, I mean, my wife, I mean, she's amazing, right? The woman of my dreams. I mean, she, I'm so humbled by our marriage. I've grown so much. Our kids, right? The, the birth of each of my children. What a humbling moment. And you know, and here we are today, and we don't know what today is going to bring. But just being on the phone with you and talking with you before the interview, I got so pumped up, so excited to hear about your mission. Very humbling, excited to share my story. I mean, it's all humbling. And I, I again, another, it all comes back to presence for me, but that's, I love to feel that humility. That's where it is for me. It's smiling, connecting, and seeing that presence in others. And uh, so it's an honor to share. Thank you for allowing me to share this. Of course, of course. Here's our next question. What's an awe-inspiring moment throughout all the years of helping people in this? Awe-inspiring. So let's see. So you know there's three types of awes, right? So there's, there's like the Grand Canyon awe, which is like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then there's the awe of, Oh, that's so adorable. Oh, that's oh, that's so touching. And then the third type of awe is when my kids I have to tell them to do something like, Oh, Dad, do we have to so if you want the my awe inspiring moments, um we're, we're gonna need one of each know. now. Now that you've categorized <laughs> the awe, we're gonna need one of each. One of each. All right. So um you know it's so crazy, like we can just go there right now. Like if you're listening to this, just be present with your hand. Like if you just look at your hand and say, oh my gosh, like there's a billion cells staring at me. They, they work in concert together. They change my life. They allow me to work on the computer or touch the lives of others or do my work as a facial plastic surgeon or how intricate and amazing. I mean, that is an awe-inspiring moment. I mean, we have awe on demand, right? So that's that's where I, I try and find my awe. Don't get me wrong. If I'm in, out in front of the Grand Canyon, I'm like, man, that's freaking amazing. And we have the ability to find that even just in others that are right in front of us. And, you know, as a surgeon, seeing my patients go through their challenges or just I had a patient just the other day sharing with me she wanted to do a refresh for herself. And she says, I'll tell you a little story later about myself. And she started talking about what she wanted to do. She says, well, I guess I'll tell you now. She's like, you know, I buried my son two weeks ago. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Right. Her son was in the military. He worked on a submarine. She didn't tell me the details of why he passed. I thanked her for her service. And she just the fact that this mom came and she just wanted to lift herself up and and give herself a little bit of a smile that that was an awe-inspiring moment for me. 
right? And I'm just thinking of my three kids, you know, that if something like that happened to me, I would be so devastated. And here she was, you know, just trying to resume her life again. So um, that's a that's a particularly recent one. Um, and then, so uh, that's the awe-inspiring moment, and I'm honored to be a part of that. Now, so the other awes, um, you know, I have two, I have a niece and a nephew. They're six and three. And when I see them, <laughs> like, oh, you guys are so cute. And I am the human carnival for them. I'm like the, the merry-go-round for them. I toss them up in the air. I do like kettlebell workouts with them. And so they're like, oh, they're always so cute. And so those are my awes for cuteness. And then, oh, my kids give me that every day. They, and I, and I, and I tell them when they say that to me and I'm like, well, thank you for receiving my dad parenting so wonderfully. That's so kind of you kids to really receive your dad that way. It just touches my heart. Thank you so much. So those, those are my three awes. I love it. What's your greatest fear? Uh, greatest fear. Okay. So I definitely would be afraid of uh, jumping out of a plane without a parachute, right? That would be that's uh, something I would not want to do. And um, um, but other than uh, a spectacular uh, death or something like that, um, I guess I would be. Am I afraid that my kids ever won't laugh at my jokes? I don't. There might, there's maybe a little bit of fear of that. That would be bad. Like if that ever happened, that would just be my life would be over, right? But pretty much, even when they don't want to laugh at my jokes, I'm actually dad funny enough that I can still get them to laugh, you know? Like, and so, you know, that would uh, be a dad devastation. The kids don't laugh at, at the jokes. And uh, my teenage daughter, she's really good at holding up that straight face, but every now and then I get her to crack and oh my gosh, then we go back to the awe inspiring moment. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got her to smile. <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding me. Wow. So yeah, that would be, that would be a great fear moment. If I just real, I woke up one day and realized none of my dad material made my kids laugh. That would be, you know, whew, I can't even imagine it. We got to get to the next question because I can't even contemplate that. <laughs> Okay, next question. What are you most excited about for your future? Um, okay, so, oh my gosh. Well, hey, the future is just here, and I'm excited to be here right now, and the future just came again. So here we are. So, well, you know, I mean, who doesn't love the technology? Uh, it's amazing, right? We have these freaking production studios in our hand, these iPhones. We get a global audience doing these podcasts and how many people, billions of people all across the world have access to us now through these magic portals. I mean, and it's going to get even better. Oh my gosh. Right. I mean, our kids are going to grow up always knowing that iPads were around. Right. I'm like, what? So I'm pumped about technology and I'm excited. You know, everybody talks about artificial intelligence is going to, kill the human race. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I think, I think humans are the greatest artificial intelligence. I think we can master the technology. I think we can stay in control of it. And 
just like it's not easy to control and master your own life, not easy to control and master technology. So I love that the technology keeps getting better, that I can keep in touch with my kids at a moment's notice, that with the, the laser technology that we treat our patients with is amazing. The technology now, I can teach doctors through my, our video series, our online coaching and mentoring. We've got amazing modules through the technology we've got that doctors that I've never even met before sending an email saying, oh my gosh, I love your content, right? We put in all the work, we did the videos, the, the slides, putting the content together. And through this technology now, we can reach so many people. You know, uh, how long did it take Oprah to build her empire? You know, like 20 years, 20 plus years. And these teenage YouTubers are multimillionaires now uh, because of technology, right? How crazy is that? So I'm really pumped about technology and the ability to master it. And uh, the best is absolutely yet to come. You know, technology is bringing us closer here, right? You know, so that's, I'm excited about that. I mean, hey, I cannot wait for the next uh, version of the iPhone. As long as you don't let it control you. That's, that's the caveat. That's true. That's true. I love it. Okay. We're going to switch gears to the second segment of the show. We call this the nuts and bolts. This is the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable, immediately applicable kind of tips and information for people listening. Um, and so our very first question in this section is where do you currently focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now? Where do I focus most of my time? Um, well, I, <laughs> I'm going to go back to my first answer. I'm just always trying to be present, mm -hmm. right? My, the mind just carries us away. Whatever I'm doing, I'll start daydreaming about something or I've got work ahead. If it's not engaging me, you know, how do I keep or stay engaged? How do I make it fun? I'm just always trying to be present. And things get boring. So then I'm asking myself, well, how, how do I make this fun? How do we just, and, you know, I'm at home. My kids, they got their work to do. There's clothes on the floor. I'm like, hey, guys, you got to clean this up here. So I can yell at my kids or be the strict dad or say the same thing over and over again, or I can make it fun. And I'm like, I go in my kid's room, and I pick up their clothes, and I said, oh, Xavier, thank you so much. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, this is such a beautiful gift that you left for your dad on the floor. It made me think of you when I picked it up. I feel so much love in my heart, son. Give me a big hug. Gosh, you don't know how that has touched me so deeply. I will never forget this moment for the rest of my life, right? So when I'm just being present, as present as possible, and how to make things fun. That's what I do all day long. And even though my kids are just constantly embarrassed of me, I know deep down somewhere, I think they'll, you know, they'll still love their dad. But uh, um, so I was driving, I, I'll give you another example. I was driving them to school the other day. And they all go to the same school. We're pulling up near the front of the school. There's a car line. And there's these electric uh, wires that there's like 200 birds are sitting across 
and they fly down to this house. This one house nearby must have like a huge bird feeder and they always hang out there. And all the birds were sitting there so silently. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it would be really cool to just see them all like fly away and scatter. And so I rolled my window down and I lean my head out and I go, caw, caw, caw. Like I was just being a little silly. And the birds did not fly away, but my kids went insane out of their head. They're like, dad, what are you doing? We're right in front of school. I'm like, Dad, you're embarrassing us. I'm like, I didn't mean to embarrass you guys. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, nobody saw this. But that's what I, I'm just present in the moment, trying to have some fun. And my kids, they were, even though they were so upset, they forgot about it by the end of the day. Because then I asked, I asked them in front of their mom later. I'm like, kids, has dad been behaving? They're like, what, what are you talking about? See, I'm like, see, honey, they already forgot. But they, that is what I do on a regular basis. I am just trying to be present, just trying to have fun, just trying to make myself smile, and more importantly, trying to make other people smile. Even though I did not make my kids smile in that story, I make them smile later in other ways. Um, I make up for it, but um, yeah, just be present. Just try to, whatever you're doing, I don't care how boring it is, how painful, you can make it fun because in some way, shape, or form, you got yourself in that situation. And if you can't make it fun or you can't be present in it, then get out if you can. Do your best to get out. And if, if that situation was forced upon you, well, you know, we're sending energy to you that you can break free. Find your place that you can be present. And make yourself smile. Make other people smile. Be present. Be happy. Life's too short. That's what I focus on all the time, every day. I love it. What would you say is the key to your success in that focus? Having fun. It's addicting. I, okay, look, I am so addicted. Like there's heroin has nothing on this, right? This is, heroin is weak. This stuff is way more addicting to get addicted to being happy, to having fun. And there are people that will try and kill your buzz, as you know, but just spend time around others or, or, you know, that's my simple rule, right? If it makes me smile or if it makes other people smile, I'll do it. I'm in. But if it takes my smile away or if it takes other people's smile away, I'm just not going to do it. And that rule has simplified my whole life. I'm thinking, gosh, I really should be doing this and, what should I do here? Should we go on this you know, trip or should we do this project or should we hire this person? And if I say, you know what? It really makes me smile. Yeah, it makes me smile a lot or makes my team so happy or makes my family happy, makes my wife happy, makes my kids happy. How could I ever say no to that? But if I'm like, well, should I do this or should we spend time around this person? And then I say, you know what? It's not going to make my kids happy. My wife, no, she doesn't like it. Or it's gonna, you know, my team. It's not gonna be good for them. It's not gonna make smiles. I'll pass. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now we have our final question. What's one actionable tip that can help others experience and achieve the kind of success in their life that you've been able to create in yours? So, this may sound crazy but you should go to a mirror and look at that mirror and you should smile at yourself. (laughs) 
I know it sounds crazy, but when you practice your smile or you see, we actually look our best when we smile. So people come to me, to my office, I'm a facial plastic surgeon, all across the world, privilege and honor. They want to do treatments with me. And I tell every single one of them, look, there's four things we do to the face to make it look better. If we're sagging, we tighten. If we lose volume, we fill. Get sun damage to the skin, we polish and repair the skin. But the fourth area we address is better than all the others. And that's our behavior. Nothing that I do looks as good as Mother Nature's free facelift when we smile. So you can look us up, imagelift.com. That's where I, my artistry, that's where I do those things. But the power of smile is always there. And if you just share your smile, if you can smile, the time we need to smile the most is when we want to smile the least. And it takes courage to smile in a lot of situations. Some people will say, well, that's just, you mean to smile more, it's going to change your life. It helps. And get other people to smile by listening, by serving them, by realizing how amazing they are and how much value you can create. So that's, you know, practice your smile. Look in the mirror. I do this. I had a doctor flying from out of town last week, came to do some coaching because we teach, we're teaching doctors how to have more personality. You ever met a doctor that needs to improve their communication skills, right? You ever seen anything like that before? So <laughs> I have a doctor in my office and we're going through these, we're in front of the mirror going through, it changes how you feel instantly. And there's tons of science behind this. It's called the facial feedback hypothesis. So whatever you put on your face, it changes what you think about and how you feel. Maxwell Maltz, right? Psycho-cybernetics. And so we use it, right? You can predict people's behavior, use it to your advantage. And putting that smile on my face has just been the greatest gift I've ever allowed myself to receive and that's all I do all day long is how do I get people to smile, even if they think I'm crazy? I don't care because I, I'm, I am crazy, but that's, so is everybody else. So I'm just, I'm just, as long as you're not a lot crazier than other people, your baseline level of craziness is generally tolerated by society for most people. Just, <laughs> just don't push it. So that's my tip. Focus on getting other people to smile and help yourself to smile. The rest is just details. I love it. Because everything worthwhile starts with a smile. <laughs> I love it. Now, if people are interested in finding your book, finding your website, or seeking out to work with you in some way, where can we send them to come and find all the goods? So if they want to look younger, our ImageLift, ImageLift.com. I'm a facial plastic surgeon. I love doing facial fillers, no downtime treatments, faceless under local anesthesia. That's my passion. I love the artistry of that. If you're a doctor or a student that's looking to build your practice and learn how our success is, you know, in our practice last year, we did four and a half million in cosmetic revenue. I'm the only provider and most doctors are doing one or two million a year. We teach them systems on how to learn and grow very systematic, how to build their team so they can do these types of things. That's practiceprofitabilitymd.com. We had our amazing event at the Tampa Convention Center last year, and we're doing another one in the fall of this year coming up, and pumped about that. So imagelift.com, 
for our facial plastic surgery practice profitability md for our doctors in training and we're also doing a big event for the american society of aesthetic plastic surgery the big plastic surgeons meeting it's coming up in may in new orleans and most doctors cannot get in there to teach or if you do they give you a little spot they're giving us four hours to teach these doctors and you know how plastic surgeons you know how they have really small egos Right. Usually the tiniest I, of all. You're right, we're the smallest. If I can get these doctors to internalize and use our material and humble themselves, I can get anyone to do it. So send us anyone. We'll help them out. Uh, an honor to do so, and that, that's what really makes me smile. I do this for completely selfish reasons. It just makes me happy to do so, and, and we've been honored and privileged with so much success. So it, it is my gift and reward to share that with others that's beautiful so you heard where to go go check out his material grab a copy of that book if you're a, a doctor growing your practice come and learn from the greatness that he has to offer and again dr rich thank you thank you thank you for coming to join us for sure this was awesome i feel pumped we should do this more often absolutely sir <laughs> So for everyone tuning in, if you heard someone or heard something that you know someone in your life, a friend, a colleague, um, a family member needs to hear this, please share it with them. We believe that sharing is caring. Uh, we like caring people, so make sure to share. And we very, very much look forward to seeing you all for next episode.